Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for the podcast, and I'm so excited to have you here as we dive in. We're, in, in, we're into the holidays, and it's always one of those times where we feel like, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to show up this way and I got to be this person. And I'm kind of one of those guys that's like, no, let's break the status quo. Let's kind of figure out what we can do differently. And I'm a big advocate of break the rules if you can break them and remake them. And my guest today is a friend of mine that I have known for probably about five years now. And she's a fellow rule breaker. So we thought this would be a really good way to be in the midst of the holidays and talking about what can we do to like honor some of the traditions, but also break the rules and be who we want to be, show up the way we want to be and not be ashamed of breaking rules. So my friend Tannis Frame is here and we're going to go talk about rule breaking. Here's something that I want to start out with, Tannis, because I think it's interesting to think about rule breaking, because I know for some of the listeners, as I said that, they probably got really nervous, like, oh my God, I'm going to go to detention or whatever. (laughs) But I don't (laughs) think that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about looking at things from a different angle. So I'm curious for you, what does rule breaking really mean? Oh, I love that. And I think you're so bang on with that reaction. And I have that reaction too, right? When we think about um, breaking rules or I would say, because I I deeply believe that when we decide to thrive in our lives, we play by a different set of rules. Mm -hmm. And that can sound like it's going to be this outward rebellion and kind of rebel without a cause, destruction. Um, But what I'm more curious about is kind of that inner revolution Mm. that we have to go through um, to live and to play like to play our lives to play this gig this game of life by a different set of rules because I think most of the rules that we play by we aren't even conscious of right yeah Mm. it's so um, you know we just by default uh, do things a certain way because we don't even notice that we've assumed that this is the way it's done. This is the way we're supposed to do it. Yep. Well, we should, like you were just talking about even the holidays, right? This mm-hmm. time of the year, this is how we should feel. This is how holidays should be done. This is what right. we should do. Right. It's interesting because, and I don't, I know there's a term for this and Tannis is so smart. She'll probably know what I'm talking about and say, no, it's, this is what it's called. But it's, it's the stuff that we take we don't even think about it's kind of like breathing but i'm going to take it to something that we can all like visualize when you get in a car you always know the key is going to be on the okay not always because if you're in britain no but pretty much the keys on the right hand side of the steering wheel when you grab a door the handle is almost always on the right side of the door except if you're going out so it's these interesting things that you always know but we don't think about this stuff consciously cuz it's just what happens. Yeah. Just and autopilot. so sudden it's yeah. the autopilot. And then suddenly, because as we start to, you know, we born, we grow and all this sort of stuff, 
this stuff just becomes part of life. And then when you step back and you start to look at, it's not just the things like where the door handle is and where the key is in the ignition and all this sort of stuff. It's like how many parts of our lives do we take for granted that this is how we play by the rules? Yeah, totally. And it's so like all of our, there's so many different layers and and pieces and aspects to the autopilot that we live with. Um, You know, and many of them serve us like that car, knowing how to, you know, where the brake is really quickly that we don't have to think, okay, I'm going to move my foot and put it on the brake. It just goes there Yep. Um, when we need to stop in case of emergency, right? Or breathing you talked about. It's pretty awesome that we don't have to Mm -hmm. remember. I know. Can you imagine if we had to think every time we breathe? Yeah. Yeah. We'd be really stressed out. There would be no peace because, I mean, it's so funny because when people first start, most people, when they first start like the whole meditation and everything, they're freaking out because pay attention to your breath. Oh, great. Now I have to think about my breath, (laughs) you know, and it stresses (laughs) them out. And then they realize, oh, yes, I'm just breathing. And it's so interesting to witness this with people. Yeah. And to notice because that noticing. Yes. You know, yes, our, we will just breathe and we will breathe automatically the way our nervous system is, is telling us how to respond in a given situation. Now, day to day in our life, our nervous system gets so jacked because our life just really triggers. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of noises. There's a lot of busyness. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of overwhelm. There's car horns. There's beeping notifications on our phone. Right. And so we get kicked into that kind of stress response, which will have us breathing very shallowly in our chest. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that autopilot serves us. So if someone's jumping out of the woods and about to attack us, great. We can mount that stress response. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to be in that state day in and day out, um, first of all, it's exhausting. But we, yep. we can't function in that state. We can't digest our food. We can't make conscious choices. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how do we notice when we're breathing a certain way, yes, we can automatically do that. But we can also notice, hey, I'm breathing really shallow and fast. What if I were to invite my breath to breathe more deeply? Mm-hmm. And how would that change how I can show up in the world, right? So yes, yep. autopilot serving us, but then sometimes it's not serving us. And that we, this is the cool thing about being a human being, is that we get to choose. We have that agency, right? That we can at times say autopilot right now, you know what? You're not serving me. I'm actually going to decide we're going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. So figuring out, okay, what are the rules to break? What are the autopilots to shift? Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting though, that you brought up the whole choose thing because so often, and I know you do this too with the the women and, and people that you work with, but the choosing is such a struggle for some people. Now we choose things all the time. Oh, I'm going to eat this or I'm going to you know, do this or I'm going to choose to go to the gym or I'm not going to choose to go to the gym. But sometimes the choosing to do the thing we want to do is so elusive, yet we all have the power of choice. And to choose to break a rule or to choose to rewrite a rule suddenly becomes this like, oh, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this yet we kind of do it a lot. We just don't consciously think about sometimes we choose to break a rule or we choose to rewrite a rule. But then when these big life moments show up, it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to say this is what I'm going to do. And it's such a struggle when in reality, it's such a beautiful thing to go, oh, I get to choose to do this. Yeah. Because choice is such a beautiful thing. 
It's such a beautiful thing. It's choice is freedom. Choice is power. Choice mm-hmm. is, you know, brilliant. And choice is also a ton of radical responsibility. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's that double-edged sword, right? Like you got to take it all. If you're going to take choice, you got to take it all. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think that's sometimes the resistance, right? Like it's easier, easier to just be like, no, this is the way it has to be. I have to do this. I'm, I'm obligated, right? We live life um, acting as if we're obligated to do everything we do day in and day out. And when we actually, um, Danielle Laporte, she's another Vancouver gal, a great mm-hmm. um, Canadian gal. And I love the way um, years and years ago, she talked about reframing obligation as choice. And to look at everything that we consider an obligation, like I have to go home to my kids, I have to show up at the office, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to volunteer at that thing. They're all choices. Mm -hmm. Like even going home to our kids tonight, you know, we Mm -hmm. think we have to, we actually don't have to. We could hop on a plane Mm -hmm. and head Mm -hmm. off somewhere else, right? But we're choosing to. Uh, and so if we actually own that choice, um, it, it starts to give us power in our life. And then we have to take responsibility for those choices we're making. That's the other part, right? It's nicer mm-hmm. to just blame everyone else and circumstance and everything else that that's why we have to do everything we do. But when we really start to own um, own and take responsibility for our choices, then we also get that agency and that freedom to drive the bus. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I think this is an interesting space to kind of bring a confession forward and because the choice of what you just brought up is, is really good. <laughs> so Tannis and I actually already recorded this podcast once <laughs> and something was wrong with the sound quality on my end. And so when I started listening to it, I stood there in this place of choice and I thought, God, I don't want to make Tannis have to redo this again, even though I love Tannis. Anytime to get to talk to her is great, but I'm like, it's a busy time of year. We're all trying to get stuff done. And as I stood at that Y in the road, I'm like, okay, I could have made the choice to go, you know, and I did. I made the choice to go record in front of it like, hey, gang, you know, this is a really great podcast interview. The sound quality isn't quite as good as it could have been, but it's such a good interview. I, you know, just bear with it. And I could have made that choice, but then I would have owned that choice too. And I, I waited a couple of days and then I'm like, no, I just, I, I can't. I want to have a really good sound quality for this interview. So I made that choice. So of course, in making that choice, I had to own that Tannis might say, no, I don't have time for this, which then it would have made the other choice. Okay, this is where we're going. It could have been that Tannis wouldn't have any time before the end of the year. So then I would have moved it to 2020, which would have been okay too. But it's so interesting when we start to see that we get to choose these things, but then we do have to own them and it becomes our responsibility. And that's just one little example of it. But I know when I made the decision to come out of the closet, there was a whole lot of ownership and a whole lot of radical responsibility that I had to take on because I knew in my mind there were going to be people who were going to hate me. I knew in my mind there were people who were going to say, oh my God, you've been lying to me all these years. I knew there were people who I would probably never have a relationship again with, but that choice was also me choosing, as Tana said, freedom and choosing yeah. power and choosing to be me. And I think this is where each of us comes to that place in these rules that we face. And again, since we're in the holidays, <laughs> yes, we could choose to not show up for certain events, but you yeah. have to own that. Yeah. yeah. 
You can choose not to spend tons of money on gifts. And you can either choose that that's going to be okay or you can carry the guilt and shame because suddenly you're sitting there and you've only bought somebody this and then they buy you this thing. That's not about you. That's about them. And I think it's so interesting when we're in this holiday season. And that's the reason I actually think this is really cool that we're getting to record this because this is where a lot of people just blindly start playing by the rules all over again. And all oh, those holidays are so stressful. I can't wait for them to be over. Really? You had 11 months to prepare for this to make other choices. It's a loaded time. Yep. And I think what's coming to mind, even when you talked about uh, re-recording our conversation, our conversation was so rich. And again, I'm so curious. I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Right. And I've, I'm sure it's going to be exactly what someone, whoever you are listening, um, it's going to be something that is a gift, mm -hmm. right? And trusting that that's right and enough yeah. and that we don't need to hang on to what was before. But also when you made that choice, you made your choice and you shared your preference and you also gave me a choice, mm -hmm. right? What do you think? But you also stood in what was true for you. And I think this is the complexity, right? When we're making choices and playing by what's aligned for us, Yep. Um, there's a part of us that's very loving and caring about how that's going to impact others. Yep. And then there's also part of us that um, second guesses and assumes and makes a lot of assumptions about yep. others as well. So kind of what's, what's ours to carry and what's not ours to carry. Yep. And so our understanding what works for us and what's in alignment for us is ours to carry and ours mm -hmm. to stand in. And what works for others um, and how they're going to navigate that and around and with you is up to them. Yes. And I really, really believe that when we stand in what's right for us and what's true for us, it, it works. There's some divine whatever that mm -hmm. makes it work around the board. But we do. I watch and I see this all the time, all the second guessing around um, what other people are assuming what they're going to think, how they're going to react, you know, like maybe that person that you're stressing about giving a big gift to, they're giving a big gift because they think you want the big gift, but really exactly. neither of you want the gift. And if you actually bring that conversation forward and say, you know what, I so value you in my life and I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, I should get you a, a thing, mm -hmm. but what I'd love to do is go for a walk and spend time with you. What do you yeah. think about that? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe they'll be like, no, my love language is gifts and I'd love exactly. it because it's thoughtful, exactly. but that the gift might be more that you see me, that you know me, that you value me, right? right. So it's a dance, this being human with other humans. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, really believe that that connection with others and with those that we're meant to be in connection with uh, is only going to deepen when we can be our true selves. Um, and be curious together, you know, oh, and, it, yes, and the it's curious, curious just, together. That's such an interesting thing. And, you know, as you were talking about second guessing, I, I literally just had this conversation with a client of mine this morning. And I said, if you weren't, and I didn't say wasting your time, but I said, if you weren't putting so much effort into all the second guesses, oh. how much time would you have on your hands? And, and he got really quiet. And I knew in that moment, I bitch slapped him right <laughs> really good, you know, but huge. it is huge you because I know that. I do it to myself. I do yeah. it to myself constantly. And it's interesting because Tannis and I are actually recording this the day before Thanksgiving here in the U S and this 
showing up and living in expectations, it's been kind of interesting over the last week because my husband and I are traveling to our oldest daughter's house for Thanksgiving. And it's more of a Friendsgiving because it's her, her boyfriend, her boyfriend's roommate. Um, nobody's really got family coming except you know, she's got her dad's and then her boyfriend's parents are coming. So really, as far as family stuff, that's the only family members that are coming. And so the kids are putting the dinner together, right? I say, what would you like us to bring? I said, I definitely want to bring pecan pie because that's one of my things that I love at the holidays. And because oh. pecan pie. Yeah, and because pecan pie. Okay. So she said, that sounds great. And I said, and we'll bring deviled eggs because that's kind of one of our like before Thanksgiving sort of things that we do in our house as a tradition. She's like, oh, cool. That's so exciting. I'm going to start inviting you for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so then we are having this conversation on Saturday and we're talking a little bit about what people are doing and somehow the subject of pumpkin pie came up. She goes, well, pumpkin pie has been vetoed off the menu. And I'm like, what? <laughs> pumpkin pie is like the epitome <laughs> of Thanksgiving, you know? But it was so interesting because I saw myself starting to go into this. Well, this is what, oh, but then I'm like, and I knew you and I were having this conversation and it crossed my <laughs> mind. I'm like, well, they're breaking the rules. And so it was so interesting is last night, her and I are talking about some other stuff and she goes, I heard Riley, Riley's our youngest daughter. I heard she made some pumpkin pies over the weekend and she's got way too much. Do you think you could bring one? I'm like, sure. Of course I wanted to go. Oh, because you really wanted to say, I wish somebody would say it's okay to make pumpkin pie. So it's just these interesting things yeah. that start to show up, but it's all about breaking the rules, stepping out of tradition, not doing the status quo. And then suddenly, second guessing shows up. Oh, what's going to happen? How can we do this without, if there's no pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving, this is not, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we put ourselves into these interesting frenzies of playing yeah. by the rules. Yeah. And so much churning and um, guessing rather than actually taking that outward, like taking that mm -hmm. out of our heads in the spinning and taking it out and playing with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is curiosity. That is getting it into action and then seeing what happens and just being curious, right? Not having to figure it all out. We are so wired. And again, it's part of our autopilot. Yep. It's part of how our brains work. We need to get to the answer. We need to get to a conclusion. We need Absolutely. to draw a judgment. Like that's, that's our brain wired for safety. We need to mm -hmm. do that so we can get into action and be safe. Yep. But building a muscle to stay instead in that space of curiosity, that suspended curiosity mm -hmm. of like, I wonder, I wonder what would happen if, and not mm -hmm. have to go, well, then this will happen or this might happen. This might just, I wonder, Yep. let's just put it out there and see what pie comes, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And see, I wonder how people will react and be curious together. It's like, what would it be like to have a Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The other piece that really, um, it's interesting, Thanksgiving, right? Giving thanks. And when we think about whether it's around Thanksgiving or through the whole holiday season, yeah. we should be grateful, right? right? We should be grateful. And that I think is a really, because the holiday time is such a uh, difficult time. It's mm -hmm. a rich time. It's a beautiful time. It's a magical time. And it's a very difficult time for yeah. lots of us. Yes, and like all mm -hmm. of it. So it's a hypercharged season. And I think it's interesting very often when we're struggling or we're in a difficult time and we're leaning into, say, even a lot of pain or a lot of grief around yearning for what's not there. 
what's yeah. not in our life, right? And I think that yearning can actually be really beautiful. Like maybe we're grieving someone who like is no longer with us, like no longer on this earth or no longer with us, no longer in our right. lives by their choice or our choice. And there may be a lot of sadness around that, right? We're like, mm -hmm. well, be grateful. You should be grateful. So we want to, we try to jump away from that those aches those aches in our heart and jump to like okay be grateful i should be grateful for this and i should be grateful for the people who are there and i i call this i don't know if it's official there must be an official name for this but i call it guiltitude rather mm. than gratitude mm -hmm. and we guilt ourselves into what we should be feeling grateful for and it's interesting because the science actually proves that guiltitude, as I call it, mm -hmm. uh, is actually worse for us than yeah. not doing, you know, because we're supposed to do a gratitude practice, than not doing gratitude at all. Mm. Instead, the invitation is, well, yeah, what are we yearning for? And I'm, you know, and even from those yearnings or from that sadness, what are we truly grateful for? You know, and the simple things that we're truly grateful for, right? Yep. Like I might be sad about this and I'm, you know, I'm sitting here being really sad and grieving and missing this person and I've got really great boots on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I do mm -hmm. love my boots and I have an aching heart, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful that I love to connect deeply with people, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, it can be simple things or deep things or whatever, but what are we actually grateful for? It's the same. It comes full circle to this whole idea mm -hmm. of what's actually true for us as exactly. opposed to what should we do, right? And yet when we ask the question, what's true for us, it's almost back to the breaking the rule. If I really mm -hmm. say what's true for me, I might break a rule of saying something that somebody else is like, oh, we don't want to, we don't talk about that stuff. We don't want to hear that stuff, you know? And it's interesting that you brought up this whole guiltitude thing because my father and I are currently, we haven't spoke and it will almost, we've spoke one time, I believe maybe twice since last Christmas. Hmm. And typically I would be like, oh, just, okay, I'm a crappy son. And I finally stood in my power and said, I'm changing the rules. I'm a really good son and I'm going to be good to myself. And I'm going to not let this take me down this go around. I am choosing to not have a relationship with him because he takes me to this space that is not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. What I'm grateful for is that he has shown me what is not a healthy way to be a supportive husband and father. What he's shown me is I don't actually have to succumb to doing what I believe is what I'm supposed to do just because it will make somebody else happier. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't love him. Yeah. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that I am choosing to do this in a way that is in the best interest of me. And I remember listening to a podcast with Oprah's soul Sundays and she had Ilana Van Zant on, which is one of her life coach you know, Mecca people. And I remember Ilana and she's so funny. She's just, she's amazing. And she said, you know, it's so funny because, you know, all these people come to me for this relationship advice. And I've been married three times. I'm the worst person to come to <laughs> for relationship advice. But she said, the one thing that I know from all of those relationships is that I learned to see that they want me to meet me, to meet them in this place of love in that way. 
but I know I can't meet them in that place of love in that way. So I'm not going to subject myself to meeting you in that place of love in that way. And I'm going to go meet someone in that place of love that works best for me. And she goes, and that was the hardest lesson to learn because I thought I had to keep showing up in this place of love in this way because that's the way that person needed me to show up. Mm-hmm. But yet the best way for me to show up in love is to show up in love in the right way for me. And I think most of us, if we could get to that space without going, God, I'm such a jerk. I'm a horrible person. And we could really accept that a lot of what we do as humans is we are so trying to play by the rules and fit into these expectations. And this isn't new news, but it takes it to a whole other level of it's okay to say, I can't meet you there. I just, it's not good for either one of us for me to try to meet you there and to try to be that way with you because it's just not going to work. I'm not going to be me and you're, maybe you're being you, but it's not me being me. And if I'm not being me with you, then we're just, we have a pretend relationship. Yeah. It's pretty, it's so murky, right? It is. In that zone of that, to have that discernment between what's not in alignment for me, mm-hmm. what doesn't work for me. Like this is getting into healthy boundaries, right? Healthy right. boundaries. Exactly. Um, and my growth edge. So mm. where am I being called to grow and expand and be in a different way in the world? A more, a more loving, a more open, a more me expression in the world because we're always growing, right? right? But when is it actually calling us to be not us? And that discernment Yep is so murky and tricky and it can't be seen from the outside. We all love to make judgments about other people and in relationships and whether they should or shouldn't be in, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's, there's times when there's, you know, abuse um, where we're like, okay, hard line out. Um, But it's very murky territory. This humans being humans with other humans and we're both evolving and growing and learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the only thing I know in this space, uh, and I've been, I, I've been with my husband for 25 years, and that doesn't mean that we are any more better or good at being human or life or love than right. anyone who's been married three times. Um, but I think the lessons that we continue to learn mm-hmm. and to get curious about, and uh, it's not like we just got married, settled in a relationship, that's it. Like we right. are constantly dancing in that zone of what is me being more me and how can I be more me in the world Absolutely, in alignment and meeting you in love. Mm-hmm. And also there's times when we leave relationships and we can still um, do that with love and kindness and compassion, Yep, you know, and, and an openness being like, this doesn't work for me right now. The only thing I know for sure is this does not work for me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find it interesting that when we go to that space, And this kind of ties into, you know, a lot of what you're all about. If I go to that space where I'm not being me, I can't thrive. I absolutely cannot thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a big piece of the whole kind of the whole conversation somewhat coming full circle. If I'm, if I'm not allowing myself to be me, then I'm breaking a rule about me. And so by breaking that rule, I'm not really honoring myself. Yet what I need to do is uphold that rule for me, which may mean that that means you're going to break a rule and maybe not like me. But it's so interesting when we start to put all these different, we're breaking a rule or bending or reflexing or whatever. Yeah. It's all about each of us thriving in our own personal power. 
<laughs> because without being able to break a rule or break an expectation, we can't come out of a closet. We can't come out of a closet and thrive. We can't yeah. be who we're intended to be. Yeah. And I think this is one of the key pieces. And I love that you keep bringing up the curiosity because in my world, the reason you're in a closet is because you're confused. Mm. And only come out, start the process of coming out of that closet and leave the confusion is to go get curious. Very that is curious. the only way you will begin to move forward. Without curiosity, you will stay in the closet of confusion and turmoil and pain and everything else. Mm, so true. So true. That whole, um, you know, we talk about that discernment. What is me? Who am I? Mm -hmm. What's true for me? Mm -hmm. That, you know, knowing ourselves. Absolutely. Knowing ourselves. And that I think is the biggest coming out of the closet, right? It's mm -hmm. again, you know, when we talked about breaking rules, is it this outward rebellion? Is this coming out to the world or coming home to ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and what's true for us, what's in alignment for us and, and where are our healthy boundaries. Yep. We only learn those things by truly, truly, truly coming to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that takes relentless curiosity a whack ton of compassion mm -hmm. for our humanness. Yep. Um, and it never ends. It I was really it. hoping that I would, you know, okay, great. By this point, I'm going to totally mm -hmm. know myself. I can just drop mm -hmm. into my aligned life and then I just be nope, driving. Nope, and nope, be nope, done. Nope. Yeah. But this would just be the new autopilot. Like we can shift our autopilot towards thriving. Yep. But it's never ending. No. And I think, I think that used to piss me off mm -hmm. because I was just in such, um, a state of urgency and yeah. rush to get it all figured out, get it all done, get myself all fixed. Yes. <laughs> so I could just be me in the world. But once I truly, like, and I've, I've known it to different levels, but really landing it down into my bones, that this journey of knowing ourselves, of coming out of the closet and living our lives uncloseted is this never ending process. Then with that, it almost, um, it almost gave me this gift of freedom from the urgency mm. that allows me to actually just be in it. You know, mm. you know it's all about the journey. So it annoying. is about the journey. So annoying, but so true. Painfully it is so true. true. Yeah. And I know um, for you, this is one of the things that you do. And before we wrap it up, I want to make sure we get to talk about the programs you're launching in December and into the new year that really help women step into this space of thriving in who they are and moving into this space of what does it look like to be compassionate towards self and to break the rules and to step into those spaces. So why don't you let the audience know a little bit about these programs you got going on? Oh, I just love it. I feel so grateful. I get to journey with, it's called the Decide to Thrive Immersion. Mm -hmm. And it's a nine month journey where uh, it's a group coaching program. I don't really like that language because I'm like, oh, it's so much more than that. It's amazing. It's a gift. We gather together and there's only 30 women each year. And it's, it's a journey. It's a guided journey and exploration together because together we reflected in each other. We see, we see ourselves. This journey of getting to know ourselves, I believe is so accelerated and enriched by sharing that journey with others yeah. and exploring and looking at, um, we go through the playground rules, the decide to thrive playground rules yeah. and just get curious about unpacking our autopilot 
And the process is so much around, yeah, developing all sorts of tools to thrive and the rest of it. But what it's really about is knowing ourselves so deeply and knowing our autopilot so intimately that we then have the agency to shift it. So those choices become options. It actually become options because it's all out of our autopilot. And suddenly then we start to build a new autopilot. So it's amazingly awesome. We gather, um, yeah, we gather online together, uh, Zoom. So as much as we can be face-to-face and connect. um, Yeah. And it's such a powerful journey of getting to know who we are and how we decide to thrive in our lives. And everyone comes for different reasons. Of course. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you do this. We'll have links to Tannis's website and everything. So if you're interested in following this, um, getting involved with her, trust me, I know you will have an experience of a lifetime because it really is about thriving, breaking the right rules and, and doing what you most, and I don't even want to say need to do for yourself. It's about you giving yourself the gift you most want to give yourself. In fact, I just wrote an article for the holidays for another blog. And one of the rules I have in there for getting through the holidays, it's the very first rule, is what is the gift you most want to give yourself for the holidays? That is rule number one. And and really focus on that throughout the entire holiday season. And I know for me that my gift that I give myself for the holidays is – be in the moment. Just oh. be in the moment. Yeah. And even if that moment pisses me off, just be in the pissed off moment and, and go, this is going to pass. And if there's no pumpkin pie, then I'll go get pumpkin pie at the grocery store after Thanksgiving, you know? <laughs> so anyway, so Tannis, again, I want to thank you for re-recording this. You know, at some point we may just pull that one that wasn't so good out and we may just go, this was recorded. We didn't think it was a really great sounding <laughs> recording, but you know what? Because it's total. I can tell just from what we just talked about, it is completely different. And I think I may just do that after the first of the year. Go. Here's a bonus episode that the sound quality wasn't great, but there's so many juicy nuggets in it. And, yeah, uh, lots of golden nuggets. Well, I always enjoy dropping into conversation with you, Rick. Uh, so you thank too. you, and thank you to everyone who spent this time with us today. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.